Anthony J. Resta. Here we are again for our second episode of the Studio Secrets A to Z podcast. And we're covering all our favorite songs on Medazzaland. Um, it's the 25th year anniversary of the Duran Duran release. And we're going to go into great detail today on Midnight Sun, which is one of my favorite tracks on the album. And we have a special guest who we'll talk about later. So, so we're going to talk today about um, the song Midnight Sun. Um, I'm here with Bob St. John, and we experienced uh, some great times together working in sound techniques in Boston, uh, Metropolis Studio B in Chiswick, in London, and even at my studio in North Chelmsford, I think we did some stuff. And and at uh, Longview Farm. Oh yeah, Longview Farm. And at Crescent Moon. Crescent Moon. Yeah. Wow. There's all all those. Yeah. So this one, yes. this particular track, Midnight Sun, has a really long story. Um, one of the most interesting things is we were almost fired. Remember, over this song. Wasn't this the <laughs> one that they said they wanted um, orange marmalade and we gave them chocolate fudge? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that. So what happened? Let's explain how that all went down. Um, originally, the track was recorded. In France somewhere, was it? or Yeah, yeah. And we had all these tracks, and the first round of Midnight Sun work, we were at uh, Sound Techniques, I believe, and I think we spent like almost a week yeah. on it there. Yeah. Um, you got to remember that they, they send us this stuff with no track sheets, yeah. no identification, you know, six tracks of vocals, and, you know, Warren's instruction was, uh, your producer, figure it out. Okay. I, I, I remember <laughs> and, that now. Yeah, and you know the, the now the infamously improperly encoded audio that uh, you know these guys uh, didn't want to actually go to a studio to do it, so they had somebody at DreamHire copy the files, and they actually decoded undecoded Dolby SR. Oh wow! It's it, almost impossible to play back. We found a way around it, but it was pretty almost impossible. I remember it took a long and, time, and we had a lot of difficulties. Yeah, I mean, you know, we tried, well, first I tried working with it. I double-checked it with them several times. Says, oh, no, no, we did it right. And then it took me some time to absorb it because we started working with it like that. Yeah. You know, was that, that was in the same grouping with PLU yeah, and exactly. Ball and Chain, yeah, I think it might have been the three. I think those yes. are the three. Yeah. yeah. I remember, yeah. I and, remember um, spending a long time on it and we, we didn't get into our, modus operandi that we get into later where we really start reinventing things we were kind of just going with more more of a real mix sort of situation yeah we, we, we were trying to mix it but you know you had Warren had this concept of like it was like uh, you know he says yeah I'm really looking for like a smashing pumpkins vibe to it but you know in the meantime it sounded like Dave Weckl came in had a few drinks and sat down and played <laughs> and so it was just pretty much the opposite yeah. of what uh, of what Warren was looking for to start with I remember you know, yeah, and, and so I, I think that's where the orange marmalade um, um, fudge comparison. Yes, because we have come sent it. From. We sent them the first version of it, and they were not pleased in any way, shape, or form. It's a, it's the classic response from Nick. It's well, what are you looking for? Not this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that point we went back to London. I guess because I remember working on it in London as well. But we didn't work on that at first in London. We went right to Barbarella. Okay. Um, I think we needed to have a triumph at that point. Yeah, yeah, we needed a win. Uh, not that Barbarella was any easier, yeah. but we got away from it because, you know, and we actually mixed it 
two more times in London. That's right. As well. That's right. I remember. And Barbarella was our first podcast, by the way. So if you're just joining us now, you can go yeah. back and um, get that one uh, in detail. That was the very first podcast. And this is number two. Studio Secrets, A to cool. Z.com with Bob St. John. How about a little uh, <laughs> school lunch menu action? No. Remember, all school lunches include milk. Bob was a radio announcer and used to announce the school lunch menu for the week for those who are interested in that. <laughs> um, okay, so back to Midnight Sun. <laughs> so we mixed it three times. The second time was at, was in uh, Metropolis, right? Correct, yes. And uh, I don't, don't remember much about the second time. I remember working on two versions at the same time because I had my own little thing going. I was listening to a lot of Tricky and Massive Attack at the time, and I was like kind of building a what I call the Midnight Sunburn uh version of it that's exactly i forgot that title yeah. yes it was there because because the thing is you you worked in the back of the room on the surfboard yeah. with your mac classic yeah. and I, I was just trying to assimilate something out of it on the console so while i was doing that you were doing that and you kept showing me stuff yeah. and then we started building it in but we did the the we the initial second mix of it would be like just a, it sounded like a basic rock song yeah. with like this arena rock guitar solo ending to yeah. it it was super long. I think it was five and five and a half minutes long. We had that whole big and, outro. Yeah. And from there, I, I don't know when it actually morphed into it. I think we had one of these, you know, um, uh, you know, cognac inspired late night sessions <laughs> where we sat down and we just said, well, let's just fuck it up, man. Yeah. And you and I just both sat at the console because we had all of your stuff coming through. We had their stuff, which really wasn't working great. And both of us were working the console, hitting buttons, fading, and moving faders. Yep. And it just came together. I remember. It was truly interactive. Because, uh, you know, it was only now that you mentioned it. It was. I remember us both sitting there just pushing buttons, and then we just started automating it. It's, it's weird because now, you know, when we work on computers, it's so easy to do this stuff now. Yeah. But then it was like, oh, was that fader and right? And then you have to go back and I, I, so flashbacks. Yeah, we were live editing. Yeah, yeah, live editing. That's crazy. And then when we and when did yeah. where did when did we do the cello in that? Um, the do cello. You remember? Didn't Jake play? Yeah, that? Jake played the cello. Um, Jake Shapiro played the cello. He, he must have done that at Sound Techniques or sent it to us. One of the two. I don't. I, don't I think we did it with him. I I, I just. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe. Wow, that's hazy. Yeah, it's, it's that's hazy. super yeah, hazy. Long... I don't remember recording it. I don't either. And um, I remember we did my drums last because it was almost done. Yeah. And you know those really cool right, Beatles right. uh, kind of drums that are on it. They you I think it was a U sixty seven. You hung really low over my uh, little three piece yeah. custom. That's, that was that was in the the, the big glass room at Metropolis, yeah. right? Yeah. What a great sound that is. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sounds like big rubber balls. It's a really cool, st yeah. It's a really cool sound. It's uh, one thing's for sure. It's totally unique. Yeah, I loved that sound. You know, and that's a big part of the track as well. Um, I, I loved that room. It was like a second home to us. Yeah, it's so cozy down there. <laughs> it was just, just it was away from everything down on the bottom. Yeah. Remember, uh, Jonathan uh, took us out. Yep. Where the door opens. Yep. And you can see the entire where the turbines were and the power generating stations. Oh yeah, that, that was cool. Just on the either side of the door, all those ghosts. This is the powerhouse in Chiswick, um, Metropolis Studio B. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. They had a really, really great like bar there. They would bring us cognac and all kinds of that stuff. That was the best. Yeah. We were kind of living it up. <laughs> good times. Um, <laughs> good times. Well, let's get on to some other questions that I had. 
Now that we just told the entire story in the first five minutes, no. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's more. <laughs> um, bump. Okay, so one of the things is is to we we can kind of go into is how it end up. Yeah, we kind of went into how we ended up evolving it into uh, the, the midnight sunburn mix combined with their stuff. And um, one of the mm-hmm. things that we went through. And a lot of people ask me about, I just did a Duran podcast called The D-Side, and they, they were talking about some of the, which I don't really like this topic a lot, but the the, 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 the bass part um, on this this song, which was a mixture of synth bass I had, and I think Warren played on it. And there was a lot of uh, friction going on at the time, um, you know, with John Taylor, and I remember, you know, he pl- right. he played on some of the songs, like I think on on Michael, he didn't he play that in Sound Techniques, Michael? Yeah, there was there was that uh, when they came to Boston yeah. at Thanksgiving night, I, re- I remember that pretty vividly. Yeah, so that was a kind of some drama surrounding the whole project, which was you know not not really comfortable, and it was it was more like a lot of logistics were involved because he was in L.A. and. You know, I think a lot of it was miscommunication and stuff. There was nothing clandestine about any of it. Um, you know, uh, I think we got used to some of the of Warren's parts, and it was so late in the process, it was really hard to just replace them last minute. I think that's that was one of the right. one of the things that people ask about, and I like to kind of just downplay it a bit because it wasn't at the time it wasn't a huge, um, thing, huge thing. That 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 wasn't really wasn't our problem that was a, that was more of a band politics sort of thing yeah. and you know because because John's living in LA and we were all in London basically mm-hmm. you know that's right i do i do remember him coming i, I didn't record him when he did the bass to that he did that next I, door I, with ted i think i think ted paddock did it yeah I, it, it, that's really hazy to me but i mean i remember them being there that that i remember really well yeah so yeah, we got through um, all that, and, you, and then and then we had mm-hmm. a, a point where we had done that the the really long version. And what happened? I remember this was with the the midnight sunburn version. The time code there was some mm-hmm. kind of glitch or something in it. I think the band may have gone live without a click at after at where the downbeat ends, where the song is on the album. I think they might have gone right. free, and none of my stuff would line up with any of the live stuff from that point on because it was just a completely different feel and tempo so we right. we sent it to lewis kovac and he played it for the band and they loved it and they said like well let's just go mm-hmm. with this version so that's why right it ended up that way that's, i forgot that's why it ended where it ends. that's right yeah and then a lot of people <laughs> totally yeah, forgot that's why yeah so a lot of people <laughs> love that long version and it still floats around the internet and, and a lot of people prefer the long version but um I don't, I don't even think I have a copy of that. Yeah. I, yeah. It wasn't our intention. I, I like I like the sun, Midnight Sunburn version more, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I liked, all, I liked both. It's really spacey and trippy. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. Some of the things I added were the, the Wurlitzer piano and some of those weird... Uh, I remember I had a JD-800. What a great synth that was. We I rented it, and uh, it had some really right. cool uh, sounds in it. And you know, Nick had some great stuff on there, too. I think Nick played the piano, too. It was a beautiful grand piano on there. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There was piano just on, on the bridge, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's yeah. And I th- one of the things I, I I have in my list here was for you to talk about some of the vocal treatments because they were really, really uh, cool on that song and pretty involved. And I don't remember any of that part. And that would be a lot of people really. Those those are all like uh, the uh, with with the vocals on that for certain. That was um, that wasn't that. Remember, we used the the plate they had there on occasion. I don't think it was in that song. Yep. But um, you know, it's it's a bunch of nested effects that played off of each other. 
So what happens is whenever you want to do emphasize an effect, it was on a fader and I just had to push the fader up. I see. But then on another fader, I could move that and make it regenerate longer. Some of them, you can hear the tails extend on certain words. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So Love those the sounds. It's really trippy. It is. I think there might be some vortex in there because I remember we had brought a couple of vortexes and we were messing around with that. And yeah, um, I loved that, that might have been back That might have been buried in the sand though, I'm thinking. We'll get on to Buried in the Sand, actually, Possibly. next. That's going to be, that's going to be the third <laughs> yeah. podcast for anybody who's interested in that. Um, it's another one of our favorite. That's a great track, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. To, we'll do, we're going to do all these yeah. songs, and it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, what we have to point out is that, you know, these songs, when as, as they were given to us, they were like straight songs with, you know, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, keyboards. You know, yep. what you hear there isn't actually what we were given, yep. you know. But, and, you know, I think it was pretty ballsy of us to just run with it, whichever way, because, you know, they, they could have been telling us that, you know, they wanted hot fudge the entire time. Yeah. No, they we probably would have got fired. They, they, were, they were really gracious and really great collaborators, and they were they encouraged us, you know, to experiment. They liked that that part of what we were doing at the time. I think everybody, you know, we just had a chemistry that uh, clicked, and, and, and they kind of let us run with it, which was really and a wonderful opportunity, you know. And we became credited as producers as part yeah. of TV Mania. When you yeah. look it up online, we're credited as producers on it because yeah. it said TV Mania is, is the three of us, yes. which was it, actually that's a great honor. Yeah, knowing how they all are, it really was. That, yeah, you know, it was a wonderful honor. Yeah. Um, I remember at the time I was listening to a lot of uh, trip hop, and I think Midnight Sun reflects mm-hmm. that. You can hear some of the, you know, the Massive Attack and uh, Tricky kind of feeling sneaking in there i mean it was like sort of in vogue at the time but although you know it's just the tempo of the song and the chord changes and everything that kind of sent us in that direction but wonderful wonderful singing uh on that track i just absolutely love simon's voice on it it's one of my favorite songs on the album without a doubt maybe maybe my favorite it's a really great melody I, mean, I remember when we were working, when we first started working on it, I, I, I had an affinity for the song because I liked the melody, although, you know, the original approach to it was not really going to work all that great yeah. um, with drums, bass as a traditional song. Yeah, one of the things I didn't uh, mention was uh, the actual format of the tr- these tracks. I mean, the original masters were, what, two 24-inch reels? Is that what it was? Yes, okay. analog. analog. Analog, yeah. And um, and there was what I guess it all fit on a forty-eight track reel initially, but then once I started doing all the live MIDI tracks and all that other stuff, it, it ended up being way over forty-eight. So did we transfer it to a, a, a Sony machine or um, that stuff? Uh, we had it in the eventually that was we worked on that on the forty-eight track digital, but we had a separate reel that was ours. Okay, that. Uh, I don't think I don't even think we let them have it. I'm well, pretty sure that wasn't I intentional. I don't it. think it was intentional. I think all the, all the masters are missing. This is one of the big dilemmas of this whole um, 25th year anniversary. Seriously? Thing. Yeah, because I've been talking to uh, Wendy at, uh, at the management, and they nobody can mm-hmm. find the, the all the two inch masters, and this is a big problem because they you know they were interested in doing some new content for the 25th anniversary, and I know the last right, right. they were I think Metropolis was the last place that they were sent to. Um, from sound techniques. Yeah, that would yeah. that would they weren't they sound techniques had old old stuff that yeah. that predates us really mixing it. Um, no, the last place we worked on it was Metropolis. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute, uh, sorry, um, we did uh, So Long Suicide at Crescent Moon. Yeah, that I forgot. That'll be a fun episode. Um, we can go into that. <laughs> we can talk about all our drinking at the Biltmore. A, I think I think that's what I'm going to remember the most. <laughs> so yeah, that was the format, and the uh, and the, mm-hmm. the track count was 
it got way more than 48 by the end yeah yeah it was it was it was pretty huge yeah by the end yeah and, and you know looking back on it now i remember didn't we uh we had to do a recall of something in boston at sound techniques um where we had started it at metropolis and you know they, they were two different they were both ssls but i think one of them was an e-series and the other one was a g-series oh. do, you, do you have a remember a uh, recollection of that i kind of i kind of have a a vague memory of some recalls that we did like mixed tweaks i remember our mixed tweaks being super involved <laughs> just just to set up oh yeah just to set up um i mean when we did uh, out of my mind we mixed that in boston so i've i've lost the total total track of the timeline around them yeah i don't remember because, the order that we did them in either which is kind of i mean we definitely did we i don't i think we started to work on that song in london and then finished it in boston so maybe that's how it worked yeah, we'll definitely yeah. do a, a I mean, episode on uh, "Out of My Mind" too. Yeah, and, and, cool. and the and the infamous "Out of My Mind" remix. I don't remember. Oh, well, that's a great long story. Long, long story. How, how could you forget that? No, yeah, that that's going to be one of the better stories in this series. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there's some really great moments in that one, especially like everybody drinking expensive wine and dancing around for hours. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> one minute you mix in a song, next minute is a party. So, let's see what we got here. should jog my memory. Wow, if you told me to do this again right now, I'd have a PTSD. <laughs> that was the original tempo of the song, right? Yep. Yeah. I did some multi-rods on it, too, I remember, just now, which I hadn't yep. even thought of. Yep. It's coming back. Yeah, that's a cool drum sound. I haven't heard this in a long time. I meant to listen to it today before, but... That's, uh, that's the loft delay. That's not the harmonizer or anything. It's the only thing that made that sound. The loft. Yeah, and it was actually also in the Barbarella. Uh, I'm listening to this piano and I'm remembering playing button button on the 3348 to drop it in. There's those Ringo Toms. It's one of the only original guitar tracks.
Uh, I'm just thinking about how boring this song would have been <laughs> with the original treatment <laughs> falling asleep. So, but this is cool because I remember he comes in with that. He was using um, what's that pedal? The uh, the one with the uh, whammy pedal. Oh, uh, um, is it a? Uh, That's the whammy pedal on the bass. Oh, is, is it? Wow. Yep. I remember recording this. And he does this thing. Great baseball. Yeah. And that's how the song ends. It's one of your classic loops. <laughs> yeah, it's a total. Wow. <laughs> that was a trip. <laughs> that was seriously a trip. I have a ton of like memories flooding me um, back just from listening to that here with you. Um, one of the things is I forgot that there were like multiple layers of drums because I know we did a multi-rod kit and there was a big yep. a big boomy room sound kit. Yep. And then there was yep. the, the uh, Ringo get those, kit. So it's like... Yeah, the really great Ringo fills. There's like two or three of them in there. Yeah, I remember... And, uh, you know, that isn't... Yeah. You actually played that. That wasn't yeah. something you sequenced together. You actually played that. That wasn't quantized. That was just you playing the parts. Yeah, it was before Pro Tools, so we just had to make it feel good, you know? So I remember yeah. that now. It's uh, It brings back a lot of memories. It was super cool and, and fun to do. I remember being really influenced at that moment by Flood, because when I heard Flood doing some of the things he did with... U2 um, and Smashing right, Pumpkins and right. stuff. He was really into layering different drum sounds on top of each other and kind of morphing them in and out to create like a almost like a pastiche of, of rhythm, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, they're sonic soundscapes. That's the best way to describe them. I, yeah, there's at least four treatments. And then there's another one. I remember one was a, like a sort of a cymbal wash loop that I ran through the filter on the Akai... Right. On the Akai to take out most of right, the high right. end and it kind of turns into just like this little sort of like transistor radio symbol wash. Right. Yeah, there's right. A, ton, I mean, a ton of stuff here. It's, it's only when we heard it that I, I just thought I remembered recording Warren. I remember where we were in the room yeah. and him just coming in and laying down that magical bass part in like, you know, 10 minutes. With the whammy pedal, right? <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten. That's about. It, that, the chord at the end just kills me. It just kills me. It's, it's really, really good. Um, I forgot all about that part too. Oh yeah, you were talking about the loft um, vocal effect. Tell, yeah, that, talk about that, that vocal a effect was a. They had this loft digital delay. Yeah. I mean, you know, loft or a bell. Hmm. It's one of the. It might. I, I think, think it was a bell actually. Yeah. It wasn't a loft. It was a bell. And and we use that extensively in Barbarella too. You can hear it at the end of the song. They're pretty. It's pretty identifiable. I just remember that it was a. It was a. It was a little bit hinky. So you had to sit and fiddle with the knob all the time. It was, before we print a mix, I'd go over and just like work the knobs and make sure that the thing was going to work when we went to print it. One of my favorite stories to tell people about is when we had the, the Fairchild on the mix bus and you had those oven mitts. Yeah. Well, every time I went over to the thing, and you know, I tried to adjust it, I'd get a fucking shock. <laughs> <laughs> but you had these special oven mitts that you would like jiggle the tubes with. Yeah, they they were uh, actually they were silicone silicone gloves. Talk about high tech. It was hot, and I didn't want to get. Talk a about shot. high tech. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you, you'd be working, and suddenly it just start going. <laughs> high tech, man. High tech. Don't have that problem in digital, do we? No, the fair. <laughs> What's your favorite Fairchild uh, emulation? Uh, UADs. That's my favorite one. The six sixty and the six seventy. Yeah. You know, I 
You know, that one we used in London was okay. The one we used in Australia when we were working on Schizophonic, that's the best sounding Fairchild I ever heard. Oh, wow. And there's a guy here, Dennis Hetzendorfer, had the one we used with Collective Soul when we were doing um, um, a dosage. Okay. Remember, it? we had it. That was uh, That thing was cherry. That was actually in the same condition as the one in Australia. It sounded amazing. Wow. It looked like it just came out of the factory. Uh, that, that one we used in London, that was a little hinky. And remember, we had it for like two months. They kept calling us and saying, are you guys done with that yet? <laughs> That's right. I, I think I think we spent more more in higher gear than they paid us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like, yeah, can we fly business class? No. Yeah. No, we're going to pass in the business class, but you guys can rent all the shit you want. That was, that was a good trade-off. <laughs> remember the phone calls we'd get? It's just the, 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 who was the woman who worked um, over at the, the, the accountant? Col- I can't remember Colleen? her name. Was her name Colleen? Yeah. She called up and she said, um, I, I've got a bill here for an SVT amp. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had all kinds Aren't of- you guys mixing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Define mixing. <laughs> <laughs> you, can you remember any other cool pieces of gear? I remember you messing around with a um, primetime delay. Yep. They had a primetime delay there. I remember us messing ancient around. history. I love that thing. Yeah, all the faders. All the faders were funky on that. Yeah, that's that shows up here and there. When I was listening to that that um, that clean guitar part, yeah, that's uh, after after this sort of like I don't know what to call that an interlude. Yeah, um, that's the prime time right there. Yeah, um, and there's one other thing. Well, we had a Leslie cabinet there too. We used that. That's right. Also. I remember that, that showed up. Yeah, we we just had a lot of actual equipment. You know, the thing is that again, you know, I had said it when we were talking about Barbarella, but you know. What they come with us, what they came to us with as tracks are the basic form of the song. But, you know, it's up to us to define what's going to surround it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, looking back on that, it's like, you know, when you're working in jobs like this, you do, you tend to not realize the gravity of the situation because, you know, we're just trying to trying to do just the best we can to elevate the things yeah. for them. Yeah. And looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, that's pretty huge. Yeah. That, you know. Some band that you and I were watching on MTV um, has thrown this in our lap and said, "Here's our baby. Do good with it." Yeah, yeah. It was it was a wonderful experience? <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, you know I would call it it's it's very akin to giving birth. You, you don't know what it's like until you've done it. And of course, we're men. We're not going to know that. But this is probably close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. Uh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, we were in labor for two months. I forgot about the <laughs> Leslie because the, you can definitely hear the real Leslie. On the on the guitar, yeah, we used we use that on a lot of stuff, you know, because yeah. um, the thing is, you know, it was for for you and I it was like a lab, you know, yeah. we were just throwing whatever it was. I mean, some things didn't work, and yeah. then sometimes you do something like, oh my god, that's amazing, let's record it, yeah. and you know, because you were so you were so adept at, at taking the stuff, sampling it, and put it in, putting it into loops, and making music out of sometimes just noises, yeah, you know, that that's a luxury most people don't have, you know. Was, and it was being able new. to work on that together, yeah, it it, 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 yeah. it helped because you or I always had something to do, yeah. exclusive of each other while we were working there together. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could I watched you most of the time. You were just grooving, yeah, and the glass just yeah. kind of like dancing around like this here. <laughs> <laughs> You're I, doing the AJR dance. I wish we had more pictures. So Ajax dance. I, I wish you had more pictures from that time. <laughs> I, I can't believe there's hardly any pictures. pictures. I know there's like I know of about three or four. That's about it. Yeah, I, I've got one here on the wall, maybe two. It's it's sort of like, and you tell people you work with Duran Durant. Yeah, sure you did. Great, great times. So um, we had been in London for eight weeks. 
Yeah. Um, remember that, you know, these guys, you know, would just get us, they wouldn't get us a work visa. So we were yep. basically tourists. And our plane tickets originally said, you know, our return trip was two weeks. Yeah. But of course, you know, we were there forever. Yeah. And, you know, the the host the host of strange mishaps, whether it, you know, went with with my ex-wife, you know, taking the money they accidentally wired to me <laughs> or, you know, us at the airport with with our, you know, with the, with the security home, with whatever that person is, oh, customs person cutting up my looking at us suspiciously. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a whole story by itself. Yeah, uh, you know, but the, the one that came to mind is this was uh, the night after the Brit Awards. You remember the Brit Awards? We watched it the night before. Yes, I, I do. And it was marked. It was marked by two things for me. You know, um, when one of the Spice Girls boob popped out on TV, but most of all, the Beastie Boys doing Sabotage, which was still one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, great. you remember that? I do. It just they literally they exploded off the stage, and until then, I'm like the Beastie Boys, pish tosh. And I'm like that. So, well, and of course, they the lifetime Duran Duran got a lifetime achievement award. Do you remember that assignment to come to the studio that night? Yes, I do. Now Warren wasn't going with them, but Warren was there with us, and Simon was just maxed out on something. I don't know what. Yeah, he was. And, and of course, Warren's just looking at him always dubious because I, I, I never know if Warren took Simon a hundred percent seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, they were not adversarial, but it was just. <laughs> It was just odd sometimes. Interesting. And I don't even know what Warren was doing there with us, but, you know, Simon came, I remember he was wearing like white leather and red patent leather shoes, I think, yeah. or he's just... Flamboyant. And he was, yeah, he was, he was, he was having a good time. So he hung out with us for like, I don't know, about half an hour, then he went to the show. And the next night he came by, which was our last night in London. I can't remember which song we mixed last either. Uh, come back to me. Yeah. Um, but that was our last night there. We were leaving in the morning. Yeah. You know, and we had been there eight weeks. Yeah. That's an exceptional amount of time to spend anywhere. Yeah. Especially to spend anywhere. We worked seven days a week. We never took days off. No, that's true. We just worked. We were there with purpose. Yeah. And Simon came in and we're sitting around and, you know, he was, he was, he, he was at least a little bit less cranked up. And, uh, you know, he says, oh, he says, did you guys have any kebab when you were here? And uh, we said, oh, no, no. He says, oh, you got to have proper Bob. I'm like, all right. And it was like 9.30 on a Sunday night. Something. He's like, we've got to go get some kebab. So we got out. It was you and me, Jonathan. The yeah. What's Jonathan's last Cook. name? Jonathan Cook. <laughs> Cook. Jonathan Cook. He's a great guy. Yeah. And, and, um, and Simon. So we're walking through Chiswick, 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 and, you know, walking down the street. And I remember looking next to you. Simon's tall you know, yeah. compared to us. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at him, I'm smiling. And, and, you know, you said, what? And I said, we're walking down the street in a suburb of London with Simon Levine. <laughs> and, you know, Great when you're doing these things, yeah. when you're doing these things at the time, you, again, you don't feel the gravity of it. I look back on it and go, I mean, we weren't kids, but yeah. comparatively to yeah. now, yeah, we, we were, were. kids. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. had we really lived? Yeah. We had no idea what sweeter plans life had for us after that. But here we were, you know, wow. in the moment. 
Yeah. And we went, we got the kebab and we came back. Remember they had a big glass table downstairs at Metropolis. I do. So what happened was we, we pushed the couches away and we all sat on the floor, the four of us. And we put the kebab in the middle of the table. The kebab was really fucking delicious. Good yeah. And, and you know, we're all eating with our hands like, like, you know, like, like a bunch of peasants. And Simon starts telling us stories about, he says, oh, this is this building. He says, it's quite cool, actually. I was going to buy it once, but I opted to put it up my nose instead. <laughs> and then he started to tell us the story about the day him and I think his manager went out and bought a sailboat, and a very expensive sailboat, and they were determined to take it out that day. Wow. You know? Now, he's telling us this story as we're passing a bottle of warm stoli around, and the four of us are all taking chugs out of the bottle. And he says... Yeah, he says, uh, we took it out, he said, and, you know, I almost died. And I remember this on MTV News when I was a kid sitting on my parents' couch, you know, because, you know, they took it out and evidently the weather changed and they sunk the boat. He says, it's just one problem. He says, when we got it, we forgot to insure it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I don't remember any of that part. Yep. Wow. Yep. And we we just kept drinking the story, and we sat there with him telling stories and talking. Uh, really, it's one of my coolest show business memories. Oh yeah. You know, and until uh, like four a.m. Anthony. Oh and wow. And then we went, you know, went back to the hotel. This is how you ended up um, uh, corralling all of your vitamins into your little shaving kit. Yep. Which would lead to a problem for you later. We'll save that. Yeah, we'll save that but, for another time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I remember. I think. I think. I don't even know if you slept. I think I slept like an hour, and then the car was down there. Remember that driver drove yep. Led Zeppelin and everything else? That's just, right. I remember you him. Know, yep. Yeah. That Those w- guys always took care of us with stuff they like sure that. They sure did. They were always trying to give us some sort of an experience. Yeah, they really did. You know, now, I never went over to the studio with Tinley and Warren, yep. which is just down the street, yep. wasn't it? Yeah, privacy. It was in Battersea. Yeah. yeah. We can go into that yeah. on another episode, actually. We can yeah, do on one. another one. But, yeah. but, you know, that, to me... That's that's you know that was a closing memory. Now there's a lot of stuff we're missing. We'll catch on the other songs yeah. when we go through them. Yeah, these are great. But these that was the last good night. stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> awesome, Bob. Well, I love doing this with you, and we're going to be doing this on uh, several other uh, episodes of uh, our favorite songs on Medazzaland for the 25th anniversary. Awesome, great man. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank, thanks for coming. So I'm going to debut something here that's never been heard before, really, by anybody I can think of. Anyhow, it's my working demo for the what ended up being the album version of Midnight Sun and I called it Midnight Sunburn and this is what I was working on in my headphones at the back of the room while Bob was mixing the uh, first two versions of the song and it was inspired by some of the trip hop of the time and it ended up being integrated with their tracks so it was really cool. Here it is.
And that concludes our second episode of Studio Secrets A to Z podcast. Um, any other questions or thoughts, feel free to email me at, at studiosecretsatoz.com. And we had a great time. We look forward to seeing you next time. We're going to be going over every song on the Medazzaland album for the first round of podcasts. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.